Welcome to the Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me as always is... Klaatu Barata <laughs> Eddie of Edward is Truth. <laughs> and today we are talking about Army of Darkness released uh, October 9th 1992 was the uh like the film festival premiere but i guess technically the theatrical release was February 19th 1993 so we're like 30 years and a few days off of the premiere and we couldn't be happier cray right? cray hey <laughs> we couldn't be happier <laughs> <laughs> well, to be celebrating this to be film, Army of Darkness. Well, I mean, if you're just tuning in, we're kind of <laughs> doing all the Evil Dead's leading up to the release of Rise uh, or Evil Dead Rise. Uh, I was going to call it Rise of the Evil Dead, but <laughs> it's called Evil Dead uh, Rise, uh, right? The yes. new one, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, so so we're we're. <laughs> We're three for four now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Three for four. Three for four. And I, I mean, I'm guessing by what you had just said that maybe you're not too hot on this movie. Is that, is that a Why good assumption? Why would you think that, Zach Cherry? Why? I, Why? I, just an, an inkling, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's really... I, I don't know if the word is perceptive, but sure. Why not? I don't know. Are you going to be fucking with me this whole <laughs> Let's do a premise. I'm in rare form myself. Yeah. Let's do a premise. <clears throat> oh, well, Bruce Campbell is transported back to medieval times and wins the army of goodness to say he's the chosen one. Oh, my gosh. I'm Beth Davids. Now. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> what the? F I'm still going. I'm still going. Okay. Now, Bruce has to retrieve the Necronomicon so he can return home after he defeats the, oh my gosh, the Army of Darkness. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Little inside baseball, but. <laughs> it's, I mean, all I hear is the the South Park thing like the 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 Rob Schneider like movie trailer like, Rob Schneider is a carrot <laughs> um, right, let me explain okay <laughs> I don't know where where the meme came from exactly was it from Rob Schneider I have no idea but I'm at one sure. point there was that like oh my gosh Gersperms kind of meme oh the Ermer Gerd Gersperms yeah yeah <laughs> And and I remember at some point, maybe, I don't remember if it was during the 13 Ghost Pod or after. Oh, no. We this was like maybe M like a few months ago, right? Okay. just Yeah. Remember. Like talking about M. Beth Davids, yeah. the actress who plays Sheila in this movie <laughs> and who was in 13 Ghosts as whatever role she was in that. Yeah. Um, she, she was the, the, the queen betrayer. But, um, anyway, and Miss Honey spoilers. and Matilda for all those. Uh, and Miss Honey and Matilda and uh, the bitch in uh, Bridget Jones' diary who sits there and goes like, not in your bunny outfit again. Um, 
<laughs> she's and she's a superb actress. I love her. Oops. But um, uh, but yeah. So we. I think I think you were the one who said to me, Irma Gersh and Ruth Davis, because <laughs> she has such a you know. Because you could take her name, name, and if it was like in the context yes. of like the Irma Gersh sperms, it'd be like Irma Gersh, Irma Dervich. Or something like that. Okay, right. <laughs> so something told me I thought it would make you laugh. I knew it would make me laugh. Yeah. And Thank it, you it for worked. That. It made us both laugh. And now everybody is Good like clicked you. off. Nobody's actually gonna stay for the duration of the of the of Dirk Nurse. It's, uh, no, it's fun to have record. fun. Yeah. And good good luck, Andre, in putting together whatever trailer you can. <laughs> <laughs> <for that. laughs> Just random clips. Thank you. I appreciate you. Don't make any sense at all. Um, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, okay. And, um, just a little background for the the evil deads that we've covered for the cherry yeah. picker so far. They've like notoriously been our least viewed and listened to episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, which yes. is such a mind fuck for me because like this is a franchise mm-hmm. that is so popular. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to discuss with discuss you like, why? maybe why that might be. Like, why do people not <laughs> care? <laughs> Especially with like a new movie coming out. Because um, okay, I, I First of all, I'm gonna yeah. okay. I'm gonna ask you based on the three that we've covered so far, ranking, mm-hmm. and don't act like you didn't see this coming. I'll go. I'll go first if if that makes it easier. I would say sure. Evil Dead Two, Evil the, the Evil Dead, and mm-hmm. then Army of Darkness at the bottom. I am in agreement with you. <laughs> On that ranking. Wow. That is my ranking as well thus far. I know that never happened. I mean, but we're only doing three, so it's, it's you know. Yeah, but maybe are... that's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're in, we actually agree on it, so nobody wants to listen. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I have but, a theory. Uh, but no, I want to hear, I wanna hear yours right? first. Um. Uh, well, I didn't form one, so you you have one. On okay, the table and well, because we've talked about this before, and I don't know if like we might have mentioned it. I might have brought it up like partially in the in the in the one for Evil Dead too. But I feel that I mean I don't want to assume what our listener viewer demographic is, um, mm-hmm. but I know like the horror genre is very much favored by LGBTQ and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Both you and I are LGBTQ. Surprise. Yeah. Um, G. For anyone G who here. didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I'm just like going through these movies again. It just like really struck me that like the I don't really see the appeal for mm. LGBTQ. Like it just, you know, when I think of movies like Scream or Halloween, like anything that involves... Mm. Um, a character who has to face back against some sort of oppression or adversity mm-hmm. or repression or, or, you know, what have you, that that's, mm-hmm. those are themes that, you know, a- a- appeal uh, to LGBTQ. Yeah. And I think, and I find with like the Evil Dead franchise, it's so, um, it's so like hetero <laughs> because <laughs> it's the main character is essentially... Like, 
a guy, you know, he's, he's like a man's mm-hmm. man. Like that's the whole thing. Like, you know, like, like we, we talked about the, like the Bruce Campbell bravado, you know, the, in, in mm-hmm. the, in the last movie. And I feel like, you know, you mentioned this before, not necessarily with the character of Ash or anything like that, but I, you know, especially watching this, I feel like now more than ever, if I could define like who Ash is as a character, it's someone who fails upwards. And it's kind of like, it's an instance of like somebody who, no matter what happens, you know, they will fuck everything up and will still succeed. And (laughs) I don't, maybe there's just something appealing about that to, I I mean, maybe I'm just grasping at wild straws here, um, but I just like, it just. Yeah. Because there's a central male figure and because i mean he's aesthetically pleasant as well you would think there's a kind of an in i mean i know there's an in for me i do enjoy these movies i think i've said on previous pods it's not my favorite franchise uh by far but i do enjoy it and i do enjoy bruce campbell i said i think i said i found him most aesthetically pleasant in evil dead 2 dead by dawn and um he's very pretty in this one as well he's very pretty in this one as well though but um i think the problem, Didn't he have like a bowl it, cut it, in it, the first one? Uh, ish, <laughs> like it was eighties yeah. with like kind of like feathered flicks at the ears, maybe you know, yeah. like very kind of facts of life. You know? <laughs> Men and women had that haircut back yeah. in the in, at that time in the early eighties. But um, no, I think um, because he isn't he isn't alpha male at all in the first movie. Yeah. But this is the thing: the women are all. None of them are depicted as strong. No, <laughs> you know, like not. I mean, they're, yeah, they're yeah. they're the ones who are the kind of like the most put upon, and it's kind of up to the men, and the men assume this role, uh, you know, differently each in their own way. But it's kind of like a, uh, on their shoulders to kind of like you know protect. Like in Ash's case, I think it's mostly protecting his sister. And with what was the other guy's name? See, I don't even remember their names. That's the thing. Are you talking about the first? I don't even one? remember the other guy's name in the first evil dead movie but um so whatever his name is but um, he he's definitely got that alpha energy and he ends up he ends up paying a price for it ash does end up failing upwards in that movie but um so there there i mean so already there isn't kind of like uh a like the most marginalized uh final (laughs) survivor in the movie is ash he's the only survivor but he's his, he's marginalized because he's more sensitive <laughs> and more afraid <laughs> than the alpha guy, but he does yeah. kind of rise to the occasion in the end. So I don't know. It's it's a scattered arc for that character. Like, I mean, it's a really simple, but if you're trying to track it in yeah. any way that, that is meaningful or that makes sense, it's not like a Nancy or a Lori or, a, you yeah. know, um, but I mean like, or even, even an Alice, you know, but in you, a, in yeah, a cause, you, cause you mentioned like, it's just cause it's a final boy situation. And I don't necessarily agree with that. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's what you were going for because there's tons of movies th- where there are final boys and, mm. you know, they have the same pushback that, you know, like any of those characters that you just mentioned, any of those female characters mm-hmm. i mean like as an example the faculty like uh, elijah wood's character mm. like that is that is gay energy right there if i you know ever did see any <laughs> um so it's you know it, it it is 
like it does speak to the the appeal of, of these movies, especially because like you do have these characters like Sheila in, in this one who like her role is to just kind of like, you know, rely on 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 the man to do, to do everything. And, and I think it's mm-hmm. what's funny is that of all three movies so far or like that we've covered, Sheila is probably the most um like she's been given the most depth out of any of the female characters or just like more so fleshed out than, <laughs> than, than like Linda who we've had before, or um, I don't even remember her name in the last movie. I mean, she, she was also, she had some stuff, but I feel like there's, there's more, there was more of like a connection uh, in this movie between Sheila and Ash than there was between Ash and who I've already forgotten her name in, in the last movie. But Sheila didn't do anything. Like Sheila she did was nothing. Sheila had yeah. She did more she when was she was prop. evil. She's Yeah, she and even then she just kind of stood there and just like made it about, you know, like you found me beautiful once. She and used her like feminine that. I mean, wiles. <laughs> incredibly vapid and yeah. inc- and just, you know, lacking in any kind of like um nuance or character um even for a campy role (laughs) even at the beginning because she just kind of like assumed that he was responsible for her brother's death and was like right up there spitting on him and and throwing stones but then and i don't want to jump too much into the next movie because we're we are not covering it until later on down the line but Mm -hmm. my memory of that is still remains positive like it's been a while since i've seen that like mm-hmm. I, even like army of darkness it's been a while since i've seen it but you know evil dead 2013 and it's been a while but i know that that is final girl you know we've got um oh what's the actress's name it's it, the, the character is mia but mm-hmm. um oh um yeah i know i know she, uh, yeah her, because you're asking her whole thing is like she's dealing with um <clears throat> drug withdrawals uh, and that so there's already this like this nuanced um subtext of, of of just like the the struggle that she's facing in real life and how that relates to the deadites whereas i feel like you know with everything with in this movie and with ash it's just like it's all just there you know there's 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 nothing to it on a deeper level it's just like this is pretty much like vaudevillian comedy and there's even a point mm-hmm. uh that i uh, in the movie and i think it's when all like the the bones like the skeleton hands are like poking at him and i all i could think is like this is like if i was like at a um like a seven-year-old birthday party like it was like my birthday party and like my mom got a clown <laughs> or a magician or something like this is th- i feel like this is the kind of performance that i would be getting from that and mm. I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't appreciate the comedy in this. I, I don't know. I just this wasn't. Uh, this wasn't a, a good <laughs> watch for me. I'll just say. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe um, to uh, just to put to bed the 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 broad the broader question about yeah. like the franchise and why it doesn't seem to be like capturing at least as far as our coverage is concerned. Yeah. Um, like more of uh, whoever our listeners are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the only other thing I can kind of assume is, even though it's still thought of fondly, like fondly enough that like studios are encouraged to continue uh, the, using this franchise, you know, like using this moniker, 
to make money and everything like that. Um, cause it, one thing we're not going to be covering is, uh, at least not yet is the Ash versus Evil Dead, uh, TV series, which I've seen and you, you haven't, did you start it and didn't finish it or you haven't even I saw the started? first episode and I, I didn't oh, okay. commit okay. to watching more uh, past that. I think you would enjoy it. Um, that said, I think, I think everybody would enjoy yeah. it, but, um, that, I own said, it. It's in my Evil Dead box set. Oh, me, but, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, no, um, I think it only kind of like enriches uh, your relationship to these movies, you know, regardless of like how how strong or, you know, just kind of there (laughs) it is. I I thought it was a great addition to the franchise. It it made me appreciate these movies even more. (laughs) That said, um, do I watch them more often now because of that TV show? No, it just makes me want to watch the series more Mm -hmm. and Evil Dead 2. But um (laughs) But uh, so, I mean, but I mean, even the trajectory of like uh, Ash uh, with the first movie just being kind of like docile and, you know, having to rise to the occasion, but also kind of failing upwards in that final girl by default way or final boy by default way in the first movie. Second movie, I enjoy him the most um, because he seems like kind of like the most put upon character. Um and uh but I, I I don't know why more people wouldn't be interested in that movie because uh I, I favor it. This one for me, the problem is you kind of addressed it already. Uh he's assumed full alpha status. He's saying lines that he would never have said in either of the previous movies. I mean, he even echoes a few that he did, which is kind of fun when we revisit lines of dialogue or even just like little situations where they're like groovy and stuff like that. Um, The thing is, I felt like in the second movie, groovy comes from this, (laughs) this kind of uh, reflective fascination with who he's becoming, you know, it's almost like with that one line, Bruce Campbell's just kind of like, guess I'm an action star now, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. Whereas in this movie, when he says it, he's comfortable in the action star role. And the problem is, I think the movie, in its more active parts, uh, it it resembles more of that of like a Hollywood blockbuster action film than a Hollywood blockbuster horror movie. And that's part of what loses me. I don't mind the humor, but again, even like... The temperature there, I feel like everything we see him do in Evil Dead 2 is, I'm watching Buster Keaton, I'm watching Charlie Chaplin, I'm watching Harold Lloyd, like these experts at physical comedy and, you know, who know how to like, kind of like angle the the bit toward the camera in the most effective way for the audience. And it's not like Bruce Campbell has lost that in this movie, but it feels like a different level of physical comedy. It kind of... Uh, forgive me for saying kind of degenerates for me into a more three stooges territory and you know like and just like even the 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 bit that he does with all of those arms those skeletal arms rising up after he does his you know and with the necronomicon and and he even does like one of these so the you know like one of the little like hands in front of his eyes so the skeleton can't poke his eyes out and stuff yeah, I'm just like, okay, that's full on. That is full on yeah. Three Stooges reference. You well, know? I mean, if you look at the, so, the trajectory of, of this franchise, because one, it, for all intents and purposes, is, is straight up horror. Like there might be a little bit of comedy here and there, but for the most part, it's 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 dark. Um, yeah, the gross. second one, uh, well, let's not 
let's actually jump to this one first because this is like full on comedy, uh, just just <laughs> yeah. in, like that very much Three Stooges way. The second one is like a really good marriage of the two, that it was almost like a a, a, a scale that it's just like it started off at the first one and it just made its way all the way to the comedy in the third one, and it was the second movie where it it perfected the formula. And it's funny that, I mean, just because you have a better experience with the television series because you've seen it all, um, I would imagine that that probably leans heavily into the comedy as well. Um, well, no, I'm asking you a question. I'd appreciate an answer. Oh, yes. Don't play okay. coy. <laughs> uh, okay, no spoilers, but I will say um, there's definitely, I mean, the comedy is definitely present, but one thing that I appreciate about the series is it seems to take the strongest essence um, or the, uh, the strongest <clears throat> pieces, shall we say yeah. of each movie that preceded and put them together in this glorious Frankenstein monster of a series. Oh, okay. Like Excellent. I really, I can really appreciate when it's leaning into the evil dead or when it's leaning yeah. more toward army of darkness, because the, the ash of the series has to have, at least elements of Ash in Army of Darkness, because that's the most recent chapter we've yeah. seen him be a part of. So he has to, that has to be kind of totally. prevailing, at least yeah. when he's reintroduced. So it sounds like so if, if, you, to, if you were to pinpoint a tone, the series is probably mostly aligned with Evil Dead 2. I that's how I feel, okay. but um, like oh, but overall, like it could be just because Evil Dead 2, like you uh, already brought up and we've talked about before kind of like uses those elements of horror, uses those elements, elements of comedy, uses those wonderful uh, uh, practical effects mm -hmm. and celebrates them to like the, the nth degree. Right. Um, well, but, okay. I mean, but uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm just that what I'm trying to say is that evil dead two is probably by large considered to be the favorite. And I think at least with, mm -hmm. with Sam Raimi um, since he, he did the series, right. That was, yeah. That was his show. Yeah, that, you know, he recognized that. And that's why they probably leaned more towards that tone there. So it just it's it strikes me as odd that, you know, this series that is probably most fondly remembered for that kind of tone, the, the, uh, specifically mm -hmm. in Evil Dead 2, that we're now moving away. I mean, it's it's I shouldn't really speak of the new movie because it hasn't come out yet. But judging from the trailer and I know you don't watch trailers. Um, but mm. it seems like it's going more for a, a similar tone that the Evil Dead 2013 did of just like it's more horror. Um, you know, we're going back mm. more to like the the, the grandiose uh, blood and guts and, and all that mm. shit um, with a, li a little bit of humor. But it, it seems to be taking a lot more serious of a tone, at least. So mm. it's it's just to track the the trajectory of you know all these movies it's it's all over the map and it seems like mm -hmm. there probably are people who you know have their preferences like i'm sure there are people who like army of darkness is the best one it's it's their favorite um and i think that and an, like this is another thing we've we've talked about before and just like it's camp and uh where you know kind of like the, a movie status will come from like how to make camp good and how to make camp bad. And I feel that with Evil Dead 2, while they were making that, um, it almost, it, it, what that reads to me when I watch that is it, it felt like a movie where during the production, it was almost like they were kind of making it up 
as they went along. And, and I say that in the best way possible because mm. it's just sort of like, what if we try this? You know, maybe that'll be funny. Quiet, quiet She cat. wants. <laughs> Des, she just wants attention. She's bringing me a little sock. Des, calm down. At least it's We're not a, a mouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then she'd have something to play with. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no, no. But, okay, but yeah, yeah so Evil on. Dead 2, it, it, it just feels like a lot of it came from just the moment of just like, oh, let's let's do that. Like it was very experimentational. Whereas Evil or Army of Darkness, sorry, it's it's almost like everything was carefully curated and choreographed to be what it was. It's like like I I feel that most of it was probably storyboarded to you know like those things like with this with the skeletons and and you know the the poking of the eyes and the hand and all that stuff right down to even like the battles and the fights like it all felt so. Um, like, slapstick. Like, well, not well, slapstick, but pre-planned. Like it just it, it it felt like they were. It was intentional, if mm. if if that makes sense. That's the word that I think we've we've used to describe it. When when okay. camp is intentional, that's when it becomes mm. uh, less gratifying. Mm. I mean, that's when it borderlines or runs the risk of uh, like entering cheese territory. Yeah. There's campy, and then there's cheesy. Um, and that said, I mean, I. I don't dislike this movie overall. I dislike chunks of it. And unfortunately, yeah. it's got such a short runtime, at least the theatrical release, which is what I watched. And I think that's what you watched too, right? I don't like the the director's cut. I've never seen it. What's different about it? I, I think the only thing that's different is the ending. I could be wrong, but because uh, I have all of them on the the uh, set that I have. And the only thing I remember is that the ending um, in the theatrical cut, he takes off on the horse while Ernberth Dervitz is uh, standing at the drawbridge. (laughs) And then it kind of fades into, you know, he's back in current times and he's in S smart and he's telling the story to the coworker and they're just like, wow, great. Um, And then that, that scene (laughs) happens, but in the, I guess the original or the, uh, like how, Sam Raimi had intended, he goes off to this cave uh, and how he is going to get back to present day is to take um, these like drops of some potion that the, that they made, like the alchemist had, mm. had, had made. And it's like, it's very similar just in terms of like the, the same beat as like earlier when he forgot to like what the, the, uh, phrase that he had to say when he opened the Necronomicon oh, here yeah. it, instead of that, it was, it, he, you know, he could only take, I think it was like three drops or something specific like that. And he was taking like one, two, and then he heard a noise and he got distracted. And then he went back to it and he's like two, three. So he took an extra drop, which I guess then equated to an extra thousand years being asleep. So it was like, oh. it was like kind of like Rip Van Winkle, um, meets planet of the apes like he he wakes up yeah. at the end and he he emerges from this cave and gets to the surface and then there's like this city in ruins it's like post-apocalyptic and he's just like no i came back too late you're like they blew it up you know like just <laughs> some <laughs> stupid shit like that um right. so i mean like i yeah i'm like okay i prefer the the s mart ending because it's it's more it's more true to 
who the character had become by that point. Like I was more interested in, in seeing him, um, kind of like, uh, assume his ultimate form, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I think I've had it explained to me before because as you're describing it, I'm like, I don't have a real vivid picture, like, like something you would get from watching it, but I, I have imagined this before. Um, and I don't think I'm just, you know, prescient or psychic or anything like that. But, um, Okay, but so bottom line with this version of the film with theatrical release, which is all I've had exposure to, um, direct exposure to, from the get-go, I take issue with the movie. I always have a hard time. I've, I've seen it a few times now. Um, I remember a lot of uh, friends of mine in my 20s were very gung-ho about this movie. When they found out I hadn't seen it, they are like, oh my God, you've got to see it. And I, and I was like, all right, sure. I mean, I put it off for so long because I heard it's just kind of slapstick and, you know, not doesn't take anything seriously at all right. and, and makes, you know, the second one look, you know, kind of like this uh, fever dream art piece, and, <laughs> which I think it is. Um, so I sat with some friends uh, and watched it and I've watched it multiple times with people and alone and it gets laughs. And I, and like I said, I even enjoy pockets of it, but from the beget, the beginning, the opening 19 minutes, shall we say are always grueling for me. And that's a lot because this movie is, um, what is it? Like one hour and 20 minutes long. It's 81 <laughs> minutes long. Yeah. This is the shortest minutes run long, time so. for an evil dead movie. Okay. So that gives you about an hour, so, or me, that gives me about an hour of an actual movie. Because for me, the first 19 minutes are absolutely disposable and unnecessary. Because at the end of Evil Dead 2, we've already seen Ash arrive. We've seen him kill this thing in the sky. We've seen yeah. everybody kind of like bow down and decide to worship him. And we've seen him going, ah, no, and cut to black and credits. Yeah. Um, I get so I get the joke. I get it. Okay, cool. Let's pick up from there. No, we have like an almost 20 minute sequence of him being uh assumed to be some kind of like, you know, like bad influence or whatever and like and now he's a slave and then he has to prove himself and I'm like, "Oh my god, I already like I already saw all this like the ver- the, the 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 short version. They did the yeah. reverse thing Sam Raimi did. By showing me kind of like a shortened version, the abridged version first, and then showing me kind of like an enhanced version, which also it uh, it's not interesting enough to yeah. me for me to want to see the enhanced version. I was ready to see how's he going to get along now that everybody's kind of worshiping him. Yeah. I want to see that world, and we don't get it until like twenty minutes into the movie. And so. then conversely, and and what, what they had done with yeah. the, from one to two, which they had to do because of uh, uh, the rights to the original film. So I don't know what the issue was right. here. Um, but again, they just kind of like abridged the second movie, the first and second movie into a, a small portion at the beginning um, by yeah. like reintroducing Linda, the third Linda now, who by d- default is my favorite Linda because it's played by Bridget Fonda. Um, How did single, they get her? Single white female. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming like Sam she... Raimi's no slouch. Like, you know, he's, he's a big deal, yeah, especially in 1992. True. And I feel like she's... Um, also Hollywood royalty, you know, she, she comes from the, the Fonda family. So I, I just think that like, maybe somebody was friends in production and that, cause like 1992 
was like that was probably when she was like at the height of her fame because she was in like single mm-hmm. white female singles. Um, mm-hmm. I I just assumed like when someone did- was just like yeah let's like Bridget really wants to be in the movie. Apparently Bridget Fonda also wanted to be in and almost was cast in a Dario Argento movie. I think it was trauma. Uh-huh. It, it didn't work out because like she was is like a huge Dario Argento fan. So mm. I mean. Another reason to love her. She she obviously loves the, yeah. the genre. But anyway, by default, yeah. I mean the 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 most useless and like le- least amount of screen time Linda is my favorite just by default because it's it's Bridget Fonda. But this is also <laughs> the movie that it, where Smart is established cuz remember we were talking in the in the right. last movies it's just like wait, when does Smart come into the equation and we realized oh right, that's right, not right. something that's introduced until uh chapter 3. So yeah. I totally agree with you on, on just the sense that like that ending of two had already kind of given us what we need to know. And then we spent so much time in this movie seeing it play out in a long form. It would have been better to just start like, you know, because he even starts the movie off with narration being like, how did I end up here? Well, let me tell you the story right. that it's almost like, right. well, why don't you just quickly tell the story of like you've already arrived and because I mean, like we're in 1992 now, like the VHS is a thing. People can see <laughs> the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two and catch up. Like it's yeah. it's, it's not going to be difficult. So I I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I think it was just the the easy way out. Um, mm. or just because it, it, it had it, the movie. It, yeah, it required less. Wor- I mean, clearly, if this is an 81 minute movie and 20 mm. minutes of it is padding, it just you know mm. created an. an like this could have been a television special that was an hour long. Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, again, because also the strongest thing for me, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, I might it just may be my bias for like <laughs> Evil yeah. Dead Two, but the strongest part for me follows all of that. Like from the moment we get him to the windmill sequence, and I love that. Like he sees a mirror and immediately shatters it because. We know as a, as an audience, he's had a bad history with mirrors. <laughs> we've already mm. watched him reach into a puddle, you know, and we've also <laughs> watched his dark self or whatever reach out to him and like grab him and you know say, "We just met at our girlfriend or whatever he says, you know, we're not okay. Um, so the fact that like it backfires and all of these tiny little ashes start like that that part of like the slapstick, I actually, didn't mind because even though it really seems kind of feels like it's leaning into the silly, there's familiarity there. It's like taking the thing that one of the things that worked before, but enhancing it, like, okay, putting a spin on it. He's learned his lesson now. uh, But how is it still going to bite him in the ass, even though he's taking precautions, you know, so, you know, mirror self won't be able to fuck with him this time. Um, And then there's tons of allusions throughout this movie to other movies or even like books like the when the tiny little hymns tie him up and <laughs> and he wakes mm-hmm. up like strapped to the ground that that's gulliver's travels which right. for some reason is in my consciousness and i have never seen a filmed version of it in its entirety and i've never read the book but just the image in and of itself i think every I think, edition like, of yeah, gulliver's same. travels like it just like <laughs> this is my this is my closest relationship to gulliver's travels is army of darkness right <laughs> I think that the the thing is like, okay, because 
like when I first saw this, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I hate this movie. Like I, I think that I share the exact same sentiments as you. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh on things right now. But um, when I first saw this, like I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I was probably like 14, 15. I don't know. Maybe my comedic sensibilities uh, were different then, and 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 something like this was very entertaining to me. Um, And I do think like the last time I watched all these movies was when the 2013 one came out. So it it has been 10 years. And I even remember the last time I watched this movie back then, I wasn't as into it as the first time I watched it. So Mm. I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. It's maybe this is one of those like one time viewings. You know, we've definitely (laughs) we've definitely gone over a few movies like that. I mean, I uh, there again, like because of the sequence in the middle and everything. Like, I mean, it, it, I'll just have to like leave the room and do laundry for the first twenty minutes or something like that, because um, the the whole eye on the shoulder shoulder gag is another allusion to a movie. I I was going to do the research before, and I ended up getting bogged down in other stuff before we recorded, so I don't remember. If anybody knows, DM me. But there's this uh, movie that I watched growing up called It Came from Hollywood, which is basically a bunch of comedians. Uh, Gilda Radner, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Cheech and Chong, all kind of narrating subgenres of the of horror history, like talking, you know, like but like really weird subgenres, like movies about brains, movies about gorillas, you know, like I mean, we're going way back into like 1950s B movie territory, you know. Yeah. And there was one film that I'll never forget. I guess I saw kind of like the reveal of the movie where a man, for whatever reason, he's, he's in his own bedroom and he's just going, and he's clutching his shoulder going, and I'm like, what is going on? They only show clips too. I didn't see the whole movie. He just, he undoes his robe and pulls it off and reveals his shoulder. And there's a little eyeball on it. And he goes, while he's looking at the eyeball, looking back at him on his shoulder. It looks exactly like the eyeball on Bruce Campbell's shoulder Mm. in Army of Darkness, only in black and white. And um, it just made me think, like, okay, is Sam Raimi, like, you know, winking and nodding to, like, some 1950s kitsch? You know, like... uh, because I don't because yeah. I think that was part of the just the movie monster sequence. I mean, look, hosted as a little I girl. love <laughs> body horror, but I don't like yeah. the way that they do it here. Like it's it's so again, it's so it's so slapstick. It's so Three Stooges. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and also, um, there were two shots in particular. There's probably more. Yeah, but the two that stood out to me that were largely kind of like uh, inside baseball as far as the franchise was concerned, like allusions to things that had come before. The first one was Ash falling into another puddle outside, like in the woods while the, the, while the, uh, the evil dead was chasing him. And I was like, oh, that happens in, and I couldn't even remember if it was the second one or the first one, but in one of them, I have this vivid image of Bruce Campbell, like plunging kind of like head first into a puddle and it just going, and it happened again here. And then there's also, of course, um, him putting uh, the cross into the ground, clap of thunder, mm-hmm. you know, lightning strike and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. Dead by Dawn. That's that's Evil Dead 2 there. So I'm like, okay, cool. So, the, the, you know, fan service doesn't go unappreciated entirely by me. Um, 
it's all part of the, this sequence that's ongoing that's still kind of my favorite part about the whole movie. From the windmill sequence into the cemetery when he has to go find the Necronomicon, the reason I did the quote that I did is because it's – I think it's one of the most memorable parts of this movie. I think it's even uh, – if you want to do, post in your story um, uh, an Army of Darkness clip and put something up against it, you can select in the music – Something that uh, a song that somebody opened with the Army of Darkness quote where he's going, Klaatu, Barata, <laughs> and then some kind of like heavy metal sting that follows, you know, like, so it's appreciated by fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, everything that leads up to it, like, again, like the whole bit with like the two other books, like this, there was going to be three books. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. Everything with just Bruce Campbell being his Bruce Campbell self. I absolutely am on board for. I wish it could have lasted a little bit longer because it definitely did in Evil Dead 2. And that was part of what made me love that movie as much as I could. Because it's not just nonsense. That's another thing. It's not just nonsense. It's almost kind of like in this um, elemental uh, level, man versus environment. And there's something about Bruce Campbell that isn't necessarily every man but that is because it's accessible and because he's so likable and so watchable, um, there is something that it makes it so easy to plug into his situation. So no matter what bad decisions he's making, you're on board with him. And no matter what great decisions he's making, you're also like rooting for him. Like, yeah, that'll work. Oh my God, that's great. You're a badass, you know? Um, yeah. That, that's no, that's one of the strongest things. Yeah, that's one of the strongest yeah. things about the entire franchise for me is our relationship to Bruce Campbell as an audience. Mm-hmm. So the movie's at its strongest when I get to plug into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, I just feel, uh, yeah, I mean, just the same sentiments as before. Like, I, I feel with the second movie, it, like, it almost is that level of nonsense that that's yeah. that's what I glom to. Uh, whereas here, <laughs> it's, and it's interesting that you say you don't like the the opening part. Because, I mean, as much as I agree yeah. with you in terms of, like, yeah, we're just doing a long-form version of what we had uh, finished off at, the beginning of the movie is probably the part that I like the most because that's setting up really? the the dilemma and everything because we don't really get – like in terms of like what we get at the end of, of Evil Dead 2, it's very, you know, thinly written. We don't know what's going on. It's it's We just know he wants to get home and we already know that mm-hmm. anyway. But at least like it, it does establish, you know, where he is, when he is – what these like warring factions are within this this medieval community, and mm. I I actually do like the the openings, just like you know when he's in the pit and the spikes are coming in and he has to fight the thing and crawls out and then he basically regains his power because there is a subtle difference from the end of Evil Dead Two, whereas that he just shoots something mm. and everyone's bowing down before him. Here he kind of. He doesn't necessarily win them over, but he he almost he he rules with fear, um, and he <laughs> he knows that like he he recognizes that and he kind of uses that to his advantage, and mm. I'm still on board for this part of the movie. Like I agree with everything you said of just just in terms of like you know we're um, just taking what we've already seen and and you know kind of fleshing it out to pad it, and it that, while it is mm. padding. It's still the part of the movie that I'm the most like on board for. It's just like when 
you know, when he goes off on that adventure and then it's just, that's when it really gets into the, the comedic stuff. That's when I start to lose interest. Cause I don't think that the oh. comedy is, as uh, deftly handled as it, as it is in the second movie. Um, yeah, but then when we come back, flavor. yeah. But then when we, in the third act, when we come back to the castle, that part, like I'm also like completely bored with with the entire third act because I feel like everything is so like the every, all the action is just the same it's it's like that's where I feel like everything was like carefully planned and choreographed because it's just like sword fights and like little action bits here and there um mm. but I just feel like we're just taking our time inching towards the end of the movie that for a movie that's 81 minutes long this feels a lot longer to me because of how how crafted it is at, at that point like it, it just drags for me screenings that i've watched alone have definitely dragged more so than screenings where i watch it with other people because there's always something to talk about while it's going on mm-hmm. and i've never seen it in a theater i, I it'd be curious to sit among a, a a group of you know a crowd because it's now a cult movie so to sit among like an incredibly loyal group who is excited to see it and to see i don't know because i'm i can be susceptible to you know my audience's energy if if i i wonder if i would enjoy it more if i could see it through the eyes of people who absolutely adore it but um because yeah. i i do agree like as per usual like i agree with you but for different reasons about the third act um because this is the thing, there is there's things that stood out to me, but some of them are for better, some of them are for worse. Even the ones that are for better are kind of like more like, oh, that's interesting, as opposed to, yeah. Um, like I appreciate the Jason and the Argonauts reference with all of the skeletons, the stop motion animation skeletons, kind of like rising up and everything like that, because yeah. that that's something that I connect to because all the people who put together practical effects for the movies that were coming out in the 80s when I was a kid would reference Jason and the Argonauts influencing them when they were children because they didn't at that point stop motion animation was still like this dazzling you know amazing how did you do that kind of thing and to this day people actually still don't really understand how you know (laughs) you make a skeleton move deftly and 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 interact and have a personality and have an intention and you know like it's it, it is an art form claymation if you want to call it that stop motion mm-hmm. animation but um so the fact that there's a little of that built in i appreciated um and the, but the, and then the, 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 uh, you're right to play against that <laughs> swing in the opposite direction because that's something that i'm less like oh that's nice i'm not like you know i'm not like wow i'm just gonna like oh you know sweet but then we get to everything with Ernberth Davis, Sheila, and as if she weren't already kind of like problematic enough because we haven't really addressed it yet. But uh, I mean, kind of, we kind of have, but like more specifically, her character moves into frame and just kind of like says lines either aggressively or affectionately and usually gets pushback. You know, basically, like, if she's angry, Ash is there saying, like, hey, lady, you know, I did this. And they, so you better, like, you know, she's like, oh. You know, but always with her face. There's always just, like, this passive <laughs> reflection and reevaluation of, like, her actions. And it happens the same <laughs> way when she's, like, when he when he goes back 
to 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 the to the kingdom and is like telling them like he got the Necronomicon, but he didn't say it. He kind of said it. And everybody's, and everybody's starting to like lose faith in him and walk away. But she's like, I still believe that you're going to, you know, and she comes with him with all this affection and belief and, and uh, idolatry. And he's just kind of like, listen, baby, I just want to get home. So like, oh, oh, you know, <laughs> just kind of Call walks away yeah. <laughs> and calls him a coward. But even that isn't like to his face. It sounds like it was ADR'd. Like, yeah. on the heels of her just walking away, just like, well, we have to have her say something. Let's just ha- bring Amber Davis into the into the recording studio and have her just call him a coward, because yeah. we need to make her m- have a point of view, I guess. I'm just, but like, anyway, thinking so- of... <laughs> yeah? No, go fin- finish what, your thought there. Well, it's a whole thing, so you... Well, you, no, I was going to say, I just, I'm just thinking of, of, of Beth Davids in 13 Ghosts playing Kalina mm-hmm. uh, to F. Murray Abraham at the end there when she's just like, yeah. but I've done everything you wanted me to. Like, you know, because she initially came into that movie and she was presented as being this, like, feisty, powerhouse, yes. strong yeah. female character who, you know, had a will of her own and she was, you know, opposing this... You know, like the she was like PETA for ghosts or whatever. And then we yeah, find right. out that she's actually like working. She's in cahoots with him and she's she's essentially just a hench person. And she's yeah, reduced to this like, you know, spineless. she's just like, oh, I did everything you wanted me to. Like, did I do good? Mm-hmm. And all, all I can yeah. think is that yeah. um, Sheila walked so Kalina could run. Um, <laughs> 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 it's just, I mean, she because she she does have a thing for playing these characters who just don't really, yeah, you know, have very much agency. That's, Maybe that's, Sheila that's crawled. Kind of yeah. So Kalina could walk. <laughs> like <laughs> Kalina didn't does not run. But but that's the thing, is like, okay, because then after just kind of like largely being this woman who is defined by her relationship to this man, I mean, even like I know it's supposed to be funny. It does make me a little wincy when they're in what is it, the barn or wherever the fuck they are. And he, uh, she tries to leave and he goes after yeah. her and grabs her yeah. and she's like resisting or something. And it's supposed to be like this big, you know, like kind of like bygone era of romance thing where it the looks man like the cover of handles... uh, Harlequin, uh, yeah. novel uh, that instance, yeah, but still largely male gazy, uh, yeah. somehow because, because she's just relenting. But we don't get because that's the thing, we never get her point of view in it. She's just kind of there as a pawn, like, oh, I guess I like this. Sure, he's like, give me some sugar, baby, and then they kiss, and yeah. okay, that's what their relationship is now. Um, I like the line. But that's it. <laughs> the line that yeah, he says. Yeah, it's quotable. But, like you know, he 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 brings the 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 funny in that regard. Right. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. uh, when she gets abducted by the army of the dead, never referred to as the army of darkness, I believe. I think they're always called the army of army the dead of the in dead, the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. the title so of the movie gets... is actually like that. When it comes up, it says Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. Oh my god! I don't know. I don't think there was a the in there. It's just like Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. Huh? Which did I see? I don't. I watched the old. I got it from the library. The old DVD. I thought. I. I don't remember if that's what it said on mine. But anyway. Oh, you borrowed it. I borrowed it. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I have to repeat what I say. What I hear. Um. Anyway. But um okay, so she gets Herb Dirk dude, Ernbruth Davis dude, and she's yeah. over there with the army of the dude. And what is the name of that character? Like the big the dark Bruce who is now gone full kind of golem face evil and Ash, is it not? 
Evil Ash. Okay, yeah. I you got I I I had no idea. Um, so Evil Ash uh, is sitting there and is standing there, yeah. and is equally as taken with her. And doesn't he even say "Give me some sugar, baby"? He does. He says the same line and, to her, um, and she screams. Yeah. And, and this time yeah. it's not fun because we watch him. Not only does he force a kiss on her, yeah. but he starts to strip her top off. I mean, we're far away so we don't see anything but that doesn't make it any less disgusting to behold and um i don't think i i don't think i'm just looking at it through like 2023 lenses um i've always been uncomfortable <laughs> by that part all right let's put it this way i've never been into it i've always been like really you know like <laughs> i i miss the screams of what's her name in evil dead to just like, can I have some of that? Like, can I have some fun? But something where I'm watching like a woman be victimized, but I can like get on board with it. Like, not this shit. Um, because she got she got no power. She's got and she's got no humor. She's just kind of waifish and she, pretty. Well, you know? I mean, she and didn't get it. power until she got, became a deadited. That yeah, and that's, until she got yeah. consumed. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and overpowered again, yeah. uh, but this time in a way that like really made me uncomfortable. And was that but, Edna okay. Davids like when she was in the makeup? Because it did not look like her at all. Like what? Like the reveal? Uh, that, your guess is as good as mine. Sorry, folks, we're not here for the trivia. We're just here to right. share our <laughs> to share our opinions. Um, I mean. But I do, I do really. I think like one line I do like is you know when she says to him like "You found me beautiful once" or. Pretty yeah. once or whatever. He's just like, baby, you got real ugly. Okay, so you like that? <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's, it's just... Okay. I mean, uh, that's funny. Okay. Because for me, that was part of my, here in my laundry list of the third act, like things that felt as, as, as much as I agree with you, it feels kind of put together. Yeah. There are things about the exchanges here, the lines that feel like thought up not even on the day of but like thought up right before they rolled cameras you know <laughs> rolled film on it like just kind of like so what are you gonna say uh she's like well i mean he was taken with me and now he's horrified so what if i say like you found me beautiful once and then i say bruce what do you want to say i'll say honey you got real ugly and okay let's shoot it no i don't agree um, i think this is because, all planned out well in no advance. because this whole movie feels like for, it was Okay, for me, that exchange yeah. just doesn't feel inspired. It doesn't feel it, because it's so blunt and so just kind of like unimaginative. I I can't. I don't. I'm not. But that's how I feel about this movie in, in general. So maybe that's just that's just my take on it. But I mean, other thing. There's a lot of stuff that took. I mean, again, like I, the planning. I feel in the design and in the execution of like the yeah. practical effects and everything like that and even in the bits even though it's it's less my taste i still enjoy watching the bits yeah. um well let me just say but, like i think visually i i do love this movie i love the the novelty yeah. the, the the stop motion and all that so i don't want that to be kind of lumped in with my negative uh takeaway from it <laughs> i i just sure i just think it's like it's it's less than basic like there's there's not really again it with me it always falls back to like the story and i just don't think that it's uh fully realized like i i love the idea of because you know we did play with this in the second movie of you know like the evil ash and and, and the darker side of that because i always love when mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know you have a villain that is kind of like the the darker side of the hero but here if there's nothing mm. really 
like again there's there's no depth or subtext to anything he's essentially just like splintered into two parts and one of them was good yeah. and one of them was evil but there's really it, you know what makes one good and what makes one evil like they're even having that conversation when he first popped out of him and it was just like well like uh, you're good ash and i'm evil ash and and all that mm-hmm, shit mm-hmm. and it, you know if you if you like think about it just like both like both of them kind of suck <laughs> it's not to say that i um um take major umbrage with with ash because i do love the character in in mm-hmm. general um but in this movie like this is probably like my least favorite um of like his um not necessarily performance but just like stories um because mm-hmm. i don't i because i do hate the whole thing about him just like yeah i just want to get home and blah 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 because he's almost him like i guess his reason for changing his mind is because she got swooped up and taken away so now it's just kind of like <laughs> oh well if i was gonna stay here and be stuck here forever at least i knew that i had my girlfriend or you know this woman who, who would right. just like gladly you know do whatever i wanted now she's gone and now it's just like well no this is this is bullshit like you know i'm gonna fight for this and he gets up there and he's standing on his soapbox and he's essentially um giving everyone shit for doing exactly what, like, because he's just like, oh, go ahead and run. Which just like, uh, two minutes ago, that's what you were going to do. Like, you know, flee back yeah. to your time. So, yeah. it, and nobody calls him out on it. Like, that's another thing. It's just like, mm. you know, he he gets, it, it just goes back to like the failing upwards. It's just like, you fucked up <laughs> and you continue to fuck up. And then when you kind of, you know, see the error of your ways, you're you're not even kind of admitting to it you're just mm-hmm. guilting everyone else into helping you or just relying on other people so just like at least with the first i mean the first evil dead is like we already discussed that it was more so just like final boy mm-hmm. boy die by default but at least in like evil dead 2 he had to fight for his survival yeah. in that movie like he was put through the ringer there yeah. all that shit that happened like you know i i felt that and it was hilarious and and mostly but at least there was a a story for the character here Mm. it's just like well i'm here and um you know i'm going to manipulate these other people into like helping me out so i i don't know it just in the grand scheme of everything and you know not including the series because i haven't seen it i just feel like this is a very weakly um written screenplay just just of, of of just like a continuation of the story like i think that mm. if if i really had to to point out what works well it is the visual stuff and and just like mm-hmm. thematically it, it falls flat for me and you know where i've been lately it's just like everything is amazing except for the screenwriting mostly for for, <laughs> for newer movies but now you know watching older ones too just if if i see something to nitpick it, it's usually the screenplay I see. I mean, again, like your case in point um, in terms of just like the exchanges and everything like that. Another one that I wrote for this uh, climax is just when Ash is going up against evil Ash and uh, evil Ash says, you're going down. And Ash says he sees, I guess, a staircase and he just says, I'm going up. 
And then he's just like, I'm coming for you. And I'm just kind of like, oh, my God, I'm so, <laughs> this is so basic. Mm. I mean, maybe somebody's laughing at this. Maybe it's somebody's favorite exchange of the movie. I don't know. But I, I ugh. so, I mean, I, that, again, like, case in point for me, like, I do feel like the, 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 the writing, if we can call it that, or if we can call it the improvisation, mm. whatever, that they were putting together, uh, putting, the putting together of, like, the exchanges by the third act of this movie, there was so much going on. This is what I imagined in my head as I was watching it. I just felt like there's so much going on technically that the, the, the thing that's suffering is kind of like, not even just the story, but the humor. Like I'm starting, cause I mean, as much as I like watching a little, you know, like gangly skeleton, you know, kind of, kind of going, ah, and everything like that. Um, uh, after a while, after, if, if, when that's kind of like all that that sequence is comprised of, it gets, it gets old. It gets, mm-hmm. it gets tiring. Um, I even wondered, like, I wrote down here, the skeletons are horny with a question mark because they keep kind of jumping on women, just kind of like, hey, baby, come on. And I'm like, what are you going to do? You're a skeleton. I mean, <laughs> you you have no nerves. You have. I mean, I don't know how the evil dead works, but I mean, again, like if we could have gotten some kind of like, we already kind of know about the deadites, that they are playful and that they aren't profound. It's not like they come out and start quoting Shakespeare and Chaucer and you know, like everything. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't have a lot to share. That's a lot of dead by dawn, dead by dawn. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's, I don't know. It, it, it just kind of felt out of step with everything we've seen yeah. prior. Um, and, and then the fact that like the skeletons seem to be taking on like this whole other kind of like persona, Almost like they were just little horny Beetlejuices chasing yeah. <laughs> after after the after the women and everything with a honk honk and everything like that. I I I, I just had nothing. All it did was give me more questions. Well, and that said, I do. That, yeah, that said, yeah. Well, because that said, I'm, I'm going to go into something positive. So if you want to con- jump on the heels of like the negative shit that I just um, brought up, no, no, go go for your positive. <laughs> well, I mean. I do have to say the onset because my my fatigue came as the the sequence progressed from the onset of it as they were kind of like approaching the castle and everything like that. Um, it did start to evoke childhood memories of Labyrinth, two movies actually, Labyrinth with the the battle at the uh, the Goblin Kingdom and everything like that. Um, even though I feel like that feels much more planned out and executed in a way that reads where I get the humor, the humorous beats here and there. This one felt a little more scattered, but it also evoked uh, strange memories, I guess, just because of like an undead army or whatever. It made me think about bedknobs and broomsticks when Angela Lansbury at the climax of the movie takes all of these like medieval uh, uh, armor pieces and, animates them and it, it, it they're not ghosts they're just kind of like moving things that are moving because they have a spell but they read like ghosts and they have to go battle um the nazis and everything and i'm like okay cool like i'm i'm down for this again like the parts where this movie evokes other movies for me uh work i just wish i could feel like as much as they evoke memories of other films that they kind of develop you know like build upon that like okay let's go beyond that and do something those movies didn't do or couldn't do because of their limitations because of a rating because they're a family film or because of like limits 
because of uh, you know what they were limited to with their special effects at the time. Um, the the if it could dazzle me a little bit more in that vein, I probably wouldn't start yawning yeah. throughout. Well, you there's, know, there's as there's that a, sequence progresses. Yeah, there's a difference between homage and inspiration, and I feel that mm-hmm. um, you know for a lot of this, it, it is most like those those illusions uh that that you speak of are mostly homages where i'd say for something like scream you know at least like the first one in particular that feels more inspirational um even though it still can be homage um and uh what i was just looking up um that i wanted to say is that every single evil dead movie including the new one that that comes out um is both written and directed by you know the same person who writes and directs it not all five movies the same because sam raimi did one two and army of darkness but he wrote and directed them fede alvarez wrote and direct uh evil dead 2013 and lee cronin uh right is writing and directing this new one coming out so it that's interesting for for this franchise that every movie is kind of like the vision of the director that you know mm-hmm. that whatever's on the script kind of is what the what the movie is directed as and that's why I, looking at that now i can see there's probably a lot of instances where in the script there is like technical notes and you know what are we going to do in this portion of that and that's why i feel like especially with army of darkness it does feel planned with you know at, at the end mm-hmm. of that movie where just a lot of it is just kind of like that so i mean maybe dialogue wise maybe some of it was made up on the the spot but it if it was it was more so to cater to what had already been planned out technically if that makes sense and yeah i mean i don't know obviously i don't know the first thing about screenwriting other than to critique it um and i certainly don't know the first thing about directing but i imagine that to write a movie with the intention of passing it off to a director to direct and then writing a movie for yourself to direct it like that is going to be a completely mm-hmm. different undertaking so um i imagine that like it maybe there i because i don't want to like a lot of my favorite movies are written and directed you know by the same person so i i, I don't i i couldn't really speak to you know if there if there is a a disconnect there you know like just be, between the, the the creative process because it feels like if for all these movies, if they did have that, you know, the the one person at the helm who it was at least covering the most uh, important facets of, of the creative process, that the vision would be a little bit more streamlined. And I definitely like I feel yeah. that way for the for the first two movies. But here it just, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just well, running around with that. No, I agree with you uh, in terms of, uh, I mean, it, it all comes down to, we've discussed this before, especially with projects uh, that are helmed that we kind of like mm-hmm. find less than favor with, <laughs> and but they're helmed by people we respect, like, you know, Wes Craven with, what was the werewolf movie called again? Cursed. The one we covered? Kevin Cursed, Burns and that written, one. Uh, yeah, and, and Wes Craven directed, I mean, we, we those are two people who we Bob should Weinstein, definitely hampered, uh, hampered with. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and and I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's because even if even if you are writing and directing something yeah. uh, all your own or whether you're two people who get along really well, who see kind of eye to eye and who are both really, really good at what you do, 
you're it's still not completely uh on your shoulders everything that transpires afterwards there can be studio interference there can be well time issues I mean, as far as like the scheduling of like getting a shot and getting the film in the can there must have know? been studio interference if there was the you know the theatrical cut and the director's cut this yeah. is also a studio released film like this is universal uh right distributed at least um whereas i feel like the the or I know like the first two were very low independent productions. So, I mean, it's very possible. Like, you know, like we, we've seen that yeah. in other franchises, like with, with Universal specifically, um, yeah. like Child's Play 3. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe we should have done more research with this, but we're just, <laughs> we're just going off of our, our feelings. Well, I'm even looking uh, uh, over the locations that they shot at, and it's predominantly uh, Southern California. And I mean, really predominantly kind of like Los Angeles and Los Angeles adjacent. I mean, most of it looks like like sound stages. But I mean, like when they're out in the open, like there's a lot of Agua Dulce, which I've hiked at. There's uh, the Bronson Caves uh, over in Griffith Park, mm. which is in uh, Los well, Angeles. I mean, uh, it's it's. I know that the studio is a lot more likely to interfere if you're shooting in the same location that the studio is housed in. Yeah. If you're shooting abroad, which is another reason I think a lot of movie, uh, in addition to like the budgetary. Uh, kind of freedom, you know, the fact that it costs less to shoot in, say, Hungary or Bulgaria or, you know, wherever you <laughs> Czechoslovakia, whatever, but, or, or Czech Republic, rather. Um, but uh, you also get a freedom because studios are less likely to interfere with something that is uh, abroad, that they can't, you know, just kind of like take you know, a drive and be there in 20 minutes and look and check up on you if you are in a different time zone and outside the country, what are they going to do really? Ultimately they have to let you put the movie together (laughs) or shoot it and then bring it back here and put it together and then kind of like be like, Oh, these are the parts you have that you've shot that we invested the money in. Okay. I guess we're releasing this, you know, I would assume. Listen to this. I'm just on the IMDb in the original draft. Ash lost an eye. The original draft didn't go into medieval times until the second half with the first half serving as a big budget recap of both evil dead one and two. We would have also seen more about Ash's personal life, such as him in college mm. and working at S-Mart. Uh, the Raimis wrote the script this way because they didn't think Universal would fund a sequel to a low-budget indie film and instead planned to make it a standalone partial remake. But we're excited when they wow. greenlit a straightforward Evil Dead sequel and decided to scrap nearly anything involving the original cabin in the woods because, <coughs> or, besides a brief prologue. So I mean like it right. that sounds to me more like um <laughs> Sam Raimi was standing in his own way like he just like had these preconceived yeah. notions of like what the studio would do and then kind of like yeah. self sabotage just to to set himself up well how he felt was the best way to try to try and accommodate the studio and the restraints that you anticipate they're already going to be putting on you, which is interesting because again, that's another thing to think about is that filmmakers are people. So even if someone is writing and directing, are they to hold? So well, no, they are. Oh, so everyone's like producers. 
Right. <laughs> no, because even if they uh, seem to have, like, so much control over, like, or, you know, at least the guys of control yeah. over at least what goes on, like, in their screenplay and on the set and everything like that, um, there's still people who make mistakes and who can make errors in judgment and who can be distracted by other aspects of their life and could be trying to make one movie when really what the public is craving is another movie. Um, I do, because another thing that baffles me that really actually kind of bothered me the more I thought about it uh, after I finished watching it today, taking my notes and everything. Sheila came back. And that created a whole ethical question for me <laughs> with the movies that preceded. Because if this is indeed a direct sequel, as it seems like now it's been confirmed it is, yeah. of course, and it, we know it is, but now we have confirmation. Um, what does that mean for every poor person who was dead-eyed in the previous films who got killed, yeah. but always in the name of like, no, once you're a deadite, you're a deadite. And you can't be saved from that. The person well, you love is gone, so you've got to destroy the evil. Because no one has ever, ever recovered from well, Ash, deaditism. Ash did. I mean, well, okay, he didn't, but okay. But that was on his own. He, like, he was feeling So then what you're saying is that if you just left if, yeah so if you just left a person alone and let them you know if like poor Cheryl was just kept in the fruit cellar and they're just like let it <laughs> let it pass and she would have been fine afterwards Well that's the camp of Evil Dead 2 for yeah. me also is the fact that because we see Ash get evil deaded or dead I did and and that he actually does come back from it it's the reason he comes back from it is because like he I, this is what I was just headcanon again. Mm. He loved so deeply, and his humanity was so inexplicably, you know, like undeniably uh, present in him that like anything that would bring back the loss of Linda and that would allow him to miss her and you know feel angst over the loss of her uh, would expel. You know the deadite, yeah. uh, or expel the you know the, well, the, even, the evil dead I'm, from the body. Yeah. And well, like I that. mean, even the idea that they, when a person in the past movies had become deadited or possessed or whatever, right. the the first inkling usually was just like, well, we have to kill them now, right? Um. I mean, I'm sure there was, because, like, I think Linda in the first one, like, he didn't, he just sort of, like, because remember, she was just sitting in the corner, and he was, like, yelling at her to shut up. I don't think that there was the the, <laughs> the urgency to, to get rid of her at that point. But, I mean, that's such an interesting angle to explore if people, if you, you know, had people who were, like, no, we, like, there's a person in there. Like, that's still our friend. And, uh, you know what, it's been so long, again, since I've seen 2013, I do you recall mm. maybe there was something like that in there because of um, Mia? Um, but, you know, maybe that's why I like, or at least I remember liking that more because there is more of that humanity to it. I've just, I've just like that, the dilemma of just like, you know, what, what do we do in this situation? Like, do we, do we kill this, this person? Cause they're now possessed and like, like that's who they are now or is there a way to salvage their soul or something like that so i feel that 
Right. It's another it's another like lazy screenwriting thing of just kind of like in 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 this <laughs> franchise where no, we're just got to kill them. Like that's it. But then obviously the inconsistency of Ash and and Sheila in this movie coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like it's just one of those things that is just like whenever it's convenient for the story, that's when they'll use it. And like as far as Linda is concerned, um she was just a disposable character whereas Whereas um, um, Sheila is not, apparently. Well, you also made me think about the fact that, like, you know, the prophecy in the Necronomicon itself spoke of a chosen one. So if we're to believe that Ash is indeed the chosen one, which it seems for every, you know, all intents and purposes, he seems to be that, exactly that, because the pro- he f- fulfills the prophecy. Yeah. Wouldn't that also make a case for why he's the only person who could be kind of deadited, but still have that inner turmoil that would like eject is you know the evil dead from his <clears throat> his but okay, self? but here's the thing is Ash the chosen one, or was he just the one that got sent back in time, and it's sort of like this time paradox where you know the the time you know in the first second movie where you know he mm-hmm. is living that somehow there's like history books of him that exist that show that he went he was back in that time like it's one of those things where it's just like because he did he did go back in time not until the third movie but he was there so it just kind of like manifested into like current day literature of just like showing that he was there because i don't get a sense of like because ash isn't like you know he's not like buffy you know he's not like the one and only who can defeat the evil dead he's just a guy and he just happened to get mm, lucky and and you know survived uh was able to survive and and and, you know get to the past like i never but wouldn't but wouldn't that even make a case for why he is capable of failing upwards the way he has? Is that he is indeed the chosen one? Like that's why. Well, he's now at this point, this is this is your this is your head canon. Like, no, I'm asking a question. I'm not. I'm. I no 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 no. I don't elements from the movie. I know. I I no no no. no I understand that. No, I don't agree <laughs> with him failing upwards. I think that's just kind of like the. The the Sam Raimi just like this is the this is the the modern hero of this time. It's someone who like this this uh, macho guy who who fails upwards and you know gets everything uh, in the end because that's just how the world works. I don't know. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Curious. I don't. I, I like, never. Let us, let us know in the. I mean, let you us know okay? In the comment section. What you think? Here's the thing. You <laughs> you might have insight because you've watched three seasons of a series where maybe there is some sort of establishment of a prophecy or, you know, him being a chosen one. Is that the case? I'm not making, I'm, I am not making, I, all I am doing is asking questions. I am making absolutely no declarative statements. I don't, I am merely inquiring. I mean, unless it's established (laughs) in the canon, which at that point I'll be like, okay, fine. You know, if they wrote it that way, but from everything I've seen in these three movies, it does not appear to me at all like Ash is some sort of um, prophecy. Like he's just more so okay. it's it's like a time paradox where he was he was okay. already in the past, but it was like another life, you know, like time travel is so hard. I mean, it's you know, it's like when you get to stab five, you know, that's it deals with time travel and it's just by far the worst. <laughs> okay, now you're actually 
giving credit to the stab series okay whatever <laughs> well no i'm just it's, it's anyone who it's knows funny, zach cherry it's funny that and you know adherence just, to the just stab in terms of like us <laughs> ranking the the evil dead series at this point and both agreeing that yeah. evil dead 3 army of darkness is the worst and that having to do with time travel it's just an an, an interesting uh parallel that's all I'll say. I mean, I, I didn't bring up time travel once in the reasons of why I think it, I ranked it as low as I did. But anyway, um, the reason I ask is just because it seems to be it's the first time that it's introduced the possibility of like kind of like kind of like that vampire lore where if you kill the head vampire or the vampire who turned this vampire off to the side, if you kill the vampire, the main vampire, then the vampire off to the side gets to turn back and become human. And I feel like that's that's the first time and it's a little late you know we're on to the third movie to be introducing kind of like new rules about like the way the deadites you know kind of like well because that's another thing axe ash also didn't become de-deadited because anyone destroyed the evil dead like the point of origin that like turned him that was like some kind of like self isolated case incident like where where Like the, the, again, like his inner turmoil, like kind of like just ejected the thing and he went on to be able to be the thing that could defeat it with help from, you know, the other people who comprised the gang, you know, little Scooby gang in the (laughs) Dead by Dawn. Can't even call them the Scooby gang. They're so not the Scooby gang. But, um, Um, okay. But again, all I'll say is that that if there there was, if there is some sort of prophecy or anything like that, like it, they, Sam Raimi and uh, is it Ivan Raimi uh, did not do a mm-hmm. sufficient enough job in factoring that into the screenplay of any of these movies. Well, that's my whole point about like, I, why Sheila yeah. coming back then. I, I'm just like, well, then why bring her? Because that's another thing. I think that's another thing that like kind of like lacks appeal for me with this film is in addition to all the action movie bullshit, it's got that happy ending bullshit, which kind of turns back into horror. Thank God when he gets brought back to present day that I appreciate because if it would have ended with him uh like with neither ending with just like kind of like that happy ending with the two of them i would have been like oh dear god what the fuck am i watching like he lives and she lives fuck this shit that's not what horror is and uh no i do (laughs) i I do like the ending scene a lot uh yeah that sequence i'm just kind of like that's the movie i would have watched it would have been interesting like the evil dead in the city you know followed him back uh from the cabin (laughs) i mean because again like it's so short and it's so compartmentalized and not even i can't even say tone wise but just in terms of like what the movie seems to be comprised of like the, like i said like the first 20 minutes seem to be kind of like here's a recap of everything you know you missed uh that happened at the end you know the last what 90 seconds of the second movie and then the middle, you've got like this wonderful, like man versus environment, Bruce Campbell doing bits kind of thing, but much more slapsticky. And then it turns into this kind of like living versus the undead battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's over. I just want to, I just want to, <laughs> sorry, interrupt you. Apparently, there's a 90 minute US TV version. I think I, that's included okay. in the set I have. So it's just okay. that has the the most restored scenes. So to answer your question from earlier, I guess there is a there is more content. But do do you really want to watch? But what that? is you it? Know, if I, yeah, exactly. If, like if, if the eighty one minutes Campbell was already doing... enough. 
If it's more Bruce Campbell doing bits, yeah, yeah, because that is the quickest the time passes for me in this movie. The rest yeah. of the time I am kind of like, if I had a coin in my hand, I'd just be flipping it and checking on, you know, yeah. going heads or tails and then flipping it again and going heads or tails, you know, just kind of sustaining. Um, well, I mean, just to, to get back to the the end scene there, because that actually felt more Evil Dead 2 to me than this yeah. movie, Army of Darkness. Yeah. That's why I kind of liked it. Here's an interesting trivia tidbit. This was the first and last studio film Bruce Campbell starred in as the lead. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's unfortunate. He was an indie baby. Well, it's not a dig against the movie either. Yeah. It's just a dig that against. That, like, yeah. That, 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 that's who wouldn't. Yeah, who that, wouldn't cast him as the lead in like their their mainstream movies? Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, I don't know how much more I have to say about this movie. All right. Well, I'm just trying to see it if there was like anything was... more added or just uh, in here about the uh, the ending or anything that was changed by the studio. Apparently, the uh, one thing that the studio um, demanded was cause, well, because Sam Raimi wanted to call it Evil Dead Three: Army of Darkness, but they were like, mm. no, call it Army of Darkness. Again, this stigma attached to like the the increasing numbers attached yeah. to a title. I don't understand. Well, even like um, Scream Six that's coming out yeah, here, Screevy. Because um, I mean, it, it, that's how they cheated. Because obviously, Scream Five was just Scream, but here it's like they've blended the the six into the M, so it's like it kind of works. Um, but even in trailers that I've watched. Um, the, at the very end, you hear like the the trailer voice go "Scream" coming to theaters or whatever. So it's like they're not even calling it "Scream 6. they're just calling it "Scream." Why? It's yeah. so stupid to me. Okay, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> I am looking forward to if they make a seventh one, though, calling it "Screevy." That's what I'm going to call that <laughs> one. Screevy. <laughs> Screevy. Yeah, but um, I will say just to kind of like in conclusion on this movie, like. Yeah. I, I felt increasingly as the film was progressing for for the first time I got the strongest sense like is is he just is Sam Raimi just like playing a prank on us like like how long can I get them to sit through this and think it's like an actual movie and I don't mean to insult anyone who may be a giant stan of this film it's just my reality and I'm sharing it here I I hold no uh, prejudice against anyone who enjoys this movie. Um, good for you. Uh, you are equipped with some kind of skill that I was not because I can only appreciate parts of it. But um, no, because it just kind of feels like, I don't know, like, then we'll do this, you know? And then what if we like, I don't know. I'll just put this in there. They'll think it's a movie. It'll be cool. That's why it's, <laughs> that's going to be my Sam Raimi voice now. Just oh, like, gosh. okay, okay let's, let's make this movie. Let's go. I don't know. <laughs> like he's some stoner. <laughs> oh, this came out the same year as Schindler's List. Which was also Embeth Davids appeared later oh, this year in Schindler's I was going to say, why is that pertinent? Well, but yeah. Schindler's <laughs> okay. She is virtually unrecognizable yeah. to me in this movie compared with every other film I've seen her she's in. She's got range. She, but she's so young. Same with like, Bridget so, Fonda. 
Yeah, but I mean, I can. Uh, she's not, uh, the only reason I can't recognize Bridget Fonda in this role is because she has so little screen time. Yeah, I would have loved more Bridget Fonda in this movie. That would have been great. Yeah, I mean, don't I get me wrong. I love Emma Davids. Like, I'm glad she was. Oh, me too. Now I want to watch Matilda. But again, I, I... The house in Matilda that <laughs> you'll love slash hate this. The house uh, of the uh, the teacher, the evil one, is the same exterior shot of Omega Beta Zeta in Scream Two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate that. That's just very you. It's it's very, very it's a very oh. niche uh fact <laughs> all roads lead back to scream yeah. on this pod and sarah michelle geller <laughs> if it's not scream it's sarah michelle geller sometimes a marriage of both of them <laughs> if we're talking about that one little scene that she was in two scenes that she was in <laughs> right and if it's neither and if it's neither of them it's judy greer that's just how we roll it's here true yeah yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm done looking at the trivia for this movie. Okay, yeah, okay, that, that was interesting. Yeah, I don't have anything more to say about this either, other than I'm excited for when we finally get to talk about the fourth movie, and I'm excited mm. to see the new one. I think that it looks interesting, and I, I mean, I know that you didn't watch this trailer, so I don't want to uh, say anything, but I, I'll, I'll just say that like it looks like there might be more exploration of, of things that we discussed uh, that we cool. had, wish that we had seen in this. So I definitely feel that there's oh. there's there's a maturity to the fourth movie, which I, I based on what I've seen for for trailers of the fifth movie, I hope is there as well. That um, you know these are movies that are are taken serious. I mean, I still hope that there's humor in 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 the new movie, but I hope that it's fine, like strikes the right tonal balance and knows mm, what it is, mm. rather than trying to be you know, winking at the audience or you're just homaging things too much because this is a very varied and interesting franchise. It's, it's all over the And because of that reason, I feel like it, like almost anything goes like, just do your, make the best movie you can make is, is the attitude I'm walking in with. And it can be whatever you need it to be. Like I, yeah. And again, like, I don't think that any of these movies are bad. Like this is the this is my least favorite one, but I don't think that this is a bad movie. It's just one that I'm just, you know, eh. I have for sure sat it, yeah. through worse movies for this pod, even. Yeah, but <laughs> but I yeah, it's it's just it's just not my fave. Well, I know your precious Texas Chainsaw franchise, you know. But um, even yeah. in that, like we 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 covered the that entire franchise, folks. And there are some stinkers there. Yeah. I, I would. Well, in, it, we, we covered it in quick, <laughs> rapid succession for, for each movie. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think yeah. at some at some point we, we might revisit uh, special entries individually. I have a lot to say. I know. Um, <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's, let's get to the cherry picker. It's not like they killed people. On purpose. So... Eduardo, who yeah. who is our cherry on top? I'm having a I, a lot of difficulty with th- this segment here for this movie because I don't I don't know who is the character I liked the best or the worst uh, or anything because you know you mentioned it at the the top of the episode. It's just like there, this movie doesn't really invoke a lot of strong feelings. Towards 
characters one way or another. It's just they're just kind of mm. there. Yeah, they're, it's like watching a living chess game or something like that. Pieces are moving, and you don't really get invested in anybody except Ash, which is why I would make a case, you know, Ash. But because uh, also, that's another thing. One thing I didn't get to touch on with, I, I kind of alluded to, I mean, you know, I equated him with Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd. But um, uh, Bruce Campbell, one thing I did like, uh, in terms of just like his duality when he has to play against himself, uh, and face himself, uh, I definitely know which Ash I'm looking at. And it's not just because one Ash is evil and, you know, making his eyes really big and, <laughs> and everything like that. And because the other one is kind of like more stoic and quit, you know, got this quizzical expression trying to decipher mm-hmm. what's going on and, you know, what do I, what am I going to do with you and everything like that. But it's also like, the, the, I feel like there's performance there. Like there's intention behind the eyes. There's some, there's a, there's a mind. There are wheels turning inside Ash's mind while he is, beholding you know this new uh 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 uh, uh adversary shall we say right. so i mean i still find him interesting and i still get traces of ash in this movie i don't think it's uh to bruce campbell's uh detriment uh at all uh for any of the negatives that i brought up for this movie so i think there's a case to be made for ash i can't think of anybody else that the movie's yeah. about you know <laughs> yeah. so that's my choice. all right fine yeah I don't care. (laughs) Ash it is. All right. Yay. Last week, we asked you who deserves to die the most in My Bloody Valentine. Mm. I nominated TJ Hanager, who apparently his his name is Thomas Jesse Hanager. Oh, so that's where the Jesse came from. That's where the Jesse came from. And then in the, the remake, apparently his name is Tom. I don't know. I, I I saw that. And you nominated Axel's father, a.k.a. Supervisor mm-hmm. Number One. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there was another. Yeah. With <laughs> laughing there. With, yeah. and, Evil laughter, yeah. Yeah. What a, what a weird, Reveling. weirdo. Um, <laughs> not you, him. Um, well, yeah, kind of both of you. but um, yeah, me, yeah, me too. Across sure. Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube. We had 193 votes for TJ uh, versus 459 for Axel's father. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like you <laughs> you won the beauty pageant. I know. I feel like the prettiest girl at the pageant. Yay! The prettiest girl at the picker. <laughs> <laughs> I am Miss Picker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what the crown looks like. Go on. <laughs> uh, so let's let's hear what some uh, some of our viewers slash listeners had to say. Kira okay. Wood says, "I'm going to go with Axel's father because he's the reason all of that happened." Also wanted to say, mm-hmm. "I love the pod and wanted to know when you're going to do the older Halloween movies." Ha 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 ha! Well, that I is mean, the question. I I don't know, but I. But this is the 25th anniversary this year of H2O. Oh. I mean, if that's considered an older Halloween movie, I don't know. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching, because uh, sometimes I like to go on YouTube and just like see what other people's rankings are of, of the movies. And sure. There was someone and they, they were going through all of it and they're, they, 
we're just saying like, well, here's like the the new Halloween movies, like the um, Halloween 2018 kills and ends. And then also like they, they classified the Rob Zombie ones as like new as well. And they're just like, and now here's the old ones, like H2O. And I was just like, ah, no. <laughs> but I guess it is. I, I mean, if you think about it, we are closer yeah. or sorry, we're farther away from H2O than when H2O was to the original Halloween at this point. Yeah, so, yeah. I guess if it's it been is. over two decades, yeah. it's it's considered a classic. I learned okay. that the hard way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember sneaking into H2O when that first came out. <laughs> oh, God. I remember in the late 90s, it's not horror-related, but I remember in the late 90s yeah. watching AMC when it used to still be the American movie classics, you know, old movie channel. Yeah. And I remember Rocky Two was airing and i was like rocky that's an old that's like a classic now and i realized mm-hmm. it had been over 20 years since it got released and i was like oh my god i guess it is and that was the first clue like you're getting older son and you're only going to get older from here anyway just a little you know tidbit of my thanks life thanks for that you. sunshine yeah <laughs> yeah thomas baker <laughs> says axel's father is the reason that harry became a serial killer mm-hmm. and also the same reason that his son became one too no. I mean, maybe the first part, but Harry's the reason that Axel became a serial killer. <laughs> Come on, Thomas, get your shit together. <laughs> Thank you for commenting, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, just, it's also oh. Axel's father's fault for dying in front, for getting murdered in front of him that Axel is a, a serial killer. That's all dad's fault. Well, it's his comeuppance. Like, he wouldn't have gotten killed if he didn't have a comeuppance on the way. Anyway, go on. Yeah, but I mean, okay, whatever. <laughs> the sins yeah. of the father, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm telling you, no. I get Old Testament with this shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, that, I don't think that it's considered a sin to be murdered in front of your son. But, okay. No, but it, go on, go on. <laughs> oh, we're going to have this out, aren't we? Blue Box 87. <laughs> TJ was such a toxic bro. Pretending to be a sensitive soul. He only realized he loved Sarah after he failed and came crawling back. That's right. <laughs> no one's arguing that. No. <laughs> Grant Dempsey. He's a toxic fuck. He, he is. Grant Dempsey. Axel's father got a lot of people killed. He got six people. Five people killed. Um, that but- is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> to kill people that is a lot of people <laughs> axel killed more people than his father killed people that's more people than michael myers killed on halloween night in 1978 well maybe by the 2018 deal. timeline but if we're incorporating halloween 2 which is my canon then no that was only like <laughs> a third of the people he killed oh dear god Go anyway on. axel's father got a lot of people killed but his murder ended up getting a lot of people killed too Live or die, it's a lose-lose in his case. I'm voting TJ. Uh, (laughs) I hated him almost from the start. He (laughs) just left Sarah behind. No communication at all. I failed so badly out out there. Out there. I was too embarrassed to write you. How quickly did this idiot fail that he could even imagine getting away with that as an excuse for dropping all contact with her the instant that he left to begin with? Become the third Harry Warden yourself and push that boy down the mine shaft. Girl. <laughs> Fun. 
<laughs> Matthias Eggeman. Axel's father didn't do his job correctly. Probably that's my boring answer. <laughs> right. I don't know that he didn't do his job correctly. He just didn't do his job. There's no correct or incorrect way to like leave <laughs> as a supervisor while you still have men down in the mine. This is true. This is true. Um, but but no, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> oh god, I don't know if I want to read this because it's kind of it's not rude, but it's uh, it's oh. clearly favorable to to one of us. But uh oh, Mr. Max says whichever one Zach thinks. Oh, yeah. that's fine. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, remember when we were going to choose, uh, I think it was like the Us episode, where we're like, it'll be the true test to see who uh, is favored. Like, oh, you'll pick loyalty. one, you'll pick one twin and I'll pick the other <laughs> of like, right. the, like the twin, like the daughters of, um, of, uh, yes, the, yes, yeah, in the house, yeah. in the, yeah, in, uh, yeah, whatever yeah. the names were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Silent Saturn. TJ Different was a. Hmm? No, just different people have different loyalties. It's, That's all it's, I was going to say. True, Go on. Yeah. Silent Saturn. TJ was a was such a jerk. He thought he was meant for bigger things, so just up and left his hometown and girlfriend without a care, only to come crawling mm-hmm. back a failure. Then first thing he does is force himself back into his ex's life, not because he cares, but just just to prove he's still the small town big hero, if nothing else. He's a prime example of toxic masculinity and ripe for the cherry picking. <laughs> that is, if he <laughs> wouldn't look so... Look just too darn darling in that handkerchief with one too many shirt buttons undone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, swoon swoon much, Sarah, honey. I get it. I'd make that mistake Uh once or five times myself. Axel's father (laughs) gets the chop for choosing to tie over a handkerchief. Or choosing a tie over a handkerchief. Over a handkerchief, right? Sorry, I I ruined the punchline. (laughs) Uh, and then finally, uh, Tim Big says TJ coming back, starting drama because his sorry ass couldn't make it on his own. Dude, please. <laughs> what do you think he tried to do? What What was like? What was his like venture? <laughs> I, I just want to believe it's something that required like like I I hope it he wanted to make it as like a singer or something just cuz I want to imagine that voice <laughs> <laughs> and that accent like mm-hmm. you know singing love songs or something while he plays like on a guitar, a guitar yeah. you know <laughs> I just I I'd like to think it's something where he has to capitalize on that voice and he failed because nobody wants to hear that voice singing you know mm-hmm. that'd be fun All What right, about you well, what do you think he did I don't know. I, th- I mean, possibly he could have like been busking somewhere, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I didn't give it much thought. That's why I just like it, it dawned on me right now. Oh, I wanted okay. to ask you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But whatever. I, I, you know, I'd maybe like if they ever. Singer. I mean, well, I guess they can't because he passed away. But you know, if they ever wanted to. Make another remake or or a sequel and uh, and and then have like their children and then be like, Dad was uh, 
you know, like, you know, after that whole bit with the, with the Axel murdering everyone in Hanager Mine, mm-hmm. he went on to become a huge musical sensation. And there's, like, <laughs> pictures of him in their house. They could always just Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre 2022 him and cast an entirely different actor to play him. and Just, to just come, get a pickaxe. Go, through, get him, like, yeah. hoisted up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Anyway, I don't know if I'd like it, but I'd watch it. Anyway, yeah, Army so, of Darkness. Who you pick deserves first. to die the most? Yeah. I'm probably gonna lose this one. I can't imagine that many people agreeing with me, but just off the principles that I brought to the table and the questions that it evoked in me, um, I think Sheila has absolutely no business surviving this movie. I don't think it's necessarily she deserved to die because of any wrongs she committed, which is where I think people are going to misunderstand my choice. But I I really think it would have been a better movie had she died. Because Ash doesn't get the girl. And uh, even though he loses her because he comes back to his own time and everything like that, the fact that she lives feels very not the franchise to me. So I'm going to say Sheila for that reason. How about you? Hmm. I'm going to... Fuck, I don't even know if this counts. I know. And I... Yeah. Because <laughs> I could go to the boring answer and I could say Evil Ash because I think that that, per the rules of the cherry picker, mm. he, he, he would qualify. But now I'm just thinking, mm. like, what about that fucking... The coworker at the end who was just, like, you know, so bored by his story... I don't know. Ted Raimi? Was that Ted Raimi who played that? <laughs> that was that was Ted, yeah. How many different you didn't people did him? he play in this fucking movie? Well, it's his brother, right? I know, but wasn't he already playing one of the soldiers? Well, he. I mean, everybody's a fake shimp. <laughs> That's true. But that was him. You didn't recognize him from like the I man? thought it might have been. Little, did I already? His little face? Yeah. Did I um yeah, that's him. Did I nominate Ted Raimi for something else before? I'm just trying to remember like other movies that Ted Raimi's been in that we've done. I Okay, you know what? No, fuck it. I'll go with Evil Ash because um he was just a a boringly written um evil version of Ash. Like there was there was no dimension to him at all. That's that's my saying. I I have a question. Yeah. Is is he the Deadite Captain? Is that because Bill Mosley plays the Deadite Captain? I'm just looking on IMDb here, right now. Uh, our beloved Bill Mosley of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, etc. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Three. Um, Bill Mosley, and you know many Rob Zombie films. But I, yeah, um, I'm looking for other because I, I was looking for like Evil Ash. In the cast list, I guess I didn't scroll down far enough to see Bill Mosley here, but he's credited as Deadite Captain. All right, here we go. Is there- um, I'm just looking at this bloody, disgusting article. 
Bill Mosley clears up confusion about Army of Darkness rule. Um, so wait, who is Bill Mosley in Army of Darkness? In the wake of rules and horror films like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, and Todd Savini's mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, horror icon Bill Mosley made his mark on the Evil Dead franchise with an appearance in 1992's Army of Darkness. But the role he played, well, there's been much confusion about that over the years. Mosley is officially credited yeah. in Army of Darkness as Deadite Captain, which has led many to believe he's the character us fans commonly refer to as Evil Ash. The zombie-like badass that Ash's evil counterpart becomes after he's killed and buried by good Ash. So widespread is this belief that it's almost become common knowledge that, yes, uh, mostly played evil Ash in the film. This, however, is not at (gasps) all correct, um, as... Chop Top Mosley was forced to clear up over on Twitter recently. The role he actually played in Army of Darkness was new captain of the Army of the Dead, who is not Evil Ash, but rather Ash, Evil Ash's right-hand man. And a quick search through Mosley's tweet history below reveals that he's attempted to clear up this confusion several times over the years. So who actually played oh. Evil Ash in Army of Darkness? Bruce Campbell, of course. Uh-huh. Um, I thought so, but I was so confused because he's not credited as Evil Ash at yeah. all on IMDb or in the credits, I believe. That's really weird. Okay. Well, I'm still, I'm still, I'm even more confused now than I was before I, I <laughs> opened that. He played, I guess, the guy who kept reporting back to Evil Ash. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, my, my answer is the same. It's going to be Evil Ash. And for anyone, because actually it's funny because this is the, the franchise. Well, this was the episode that this, uh, contentious debate first sprung up, if you remember. Um, (laughs) that I just, I just quickly want to go over the, uh, the rules rules, just to make sure, just because I don't want to, I could be wrong. But I want to. I, okay. I, I don't want to upset anyone because uh, there are people who take this very seriously. Um, mm-hmm. So reading the rules here: <laughs> one, each nomination must not exceed a maximum of one individual. So we're we're good there. Two, the nominee yeah. must either be human or anthropomorphic. Anthro? Did I mm-hmm. write that? I can't even fucking pronounce it. Anthropomorphic in appearance. <laughs> It works. That works. Three, if the nominee is a supernatural, scientific, or extraterrestrial being, they may only count as a valid nomination if they are shown to inhabit their original form. Is that an um, original I form? Mean, he, his, he, he does inhabit his original form yeah. when they split and then he morphs yeah. i mean i think that's i think it's fair i think it's fair for if the nominee is a supernatural scientific or extraterrestrial being they may only count as a valid nomination if they are distinguishable as their own unique and autonomous entity separate from a hive mind yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh the nominee must be physically seen on screen and exist within the real time of their applicable media and mm-hmm. if the nominee only appears in a dream or flashback, it must be originating to the applicable media. Okay, well, we're in agreement then. E- okay, Evil Ash yeah. uh, is my nomination. Sheila, does she have a last name? I don't think so. Yeah. 
Probably not. <laughs> they didn't write her. I only ever hear people call Sheila. Sheila. So uh, it's your yeah. nomination. So you can vote your heart, vote your conscience. That uh, poll will be open on Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube. I do want to welcome some new Patreon supporters. So mm. welcome to Ice Mutt Kills, Tanner Strode, Mike Taylor Hill, Phoebe G. And Sarah Sid. Yeah! Applause for everybody! You're welcome! And thank you to Andre Felix, who is our Ah! wonderful editor, who who hopefully, you mentioned him earlier, hopefully he figured out your your permish (laughs) that you you threw together. Thank you, Andre Felix! Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But, speaking of of Patreon, if you do want to support uh, me over on my Patreon account, you will get early access to all of our Cherry Picker episodes before they come out. And also, every month we've got our Cherry Picker After Dark, which is the exclusive uh, Patreon episode that we record that is available to the Freddy Krueger tier. We are very excited about this one. We're recording it tomorrow night. What are, what are we doing for that, Eddie? Uh, for, for that one, we're doing uh, the season four of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slinger. <laughs> so you're just, I just have to repeat everything. Okay. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer season four. We've already covered one to three. So very yes. excited for that. If you want to hear us, you know, if we, if you think that we already hate each other, because I've seen a lot of people are just like, <laughs> they're like, what is with you? Like these two, like they don't seem to be friends at all. Um, oh my God. No, we're good. Wow. We're good. We just, yeah. we just know how to, um, we get over things how quickly. Dis- we we know how to disagree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like it's, it can happen. But if you want to see us like duking it out, like you yeah. need to watch these Buffy things because we rank and like talk about each episode and our rankings could not be further apart than the others. Oh, so Zach gets angry. I, <laughs> if anything, it just, it, it gives me more power. Cause it makes me feel like a truer Buffy fan. When I see you, f- <laughs> <laughs> when I see the, the shit first... that you, what you put, <laughs> in the first pod for the season one yeah. i don't think it took long i didn't time it yeah. but i know we were pretty early in the episode where you just told me you are not a buffy fan after i, I was taken aback look i've you. been watching buffy since day one and you kind of came on a few years later so i feel like i have seniority yeah. anyway but um <laughs> oh dear god <laughs> this is just a taste this is just a taste so so those are really fun extra long episodes if you want to jump on my patreon and check those out uh otherwise you can follow us on instagram the official cherry picker account is at the cherry picker if you're listening to the podcast you can subscribe to us on youtube and watch the cherry picker videos there um Mm -hmm. and also if you are watching us and you don't want to for some reason and just want to hear our voices (laughs) you can follow the rss (laughs) feed link in the descriptions down below and 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 listen to us on most major podcast streaming platforms this is not rehearsed people um edward i mean it is edward where can they for over a year i know but i rehearsing this (laughs) i can never remember edward where 
can they find you on on Soch? You can find Edward at Edward is Truth Man Word on Instagram and on YouTube. How about you, Zach Cherry? You can find me on my main channel, Zach Cherry, Z-A-C-K-Z-A-C-K, Cherry, (laughs) C-H-E-R-R-Y. Subscribe to me there. I'm also on Instagram at Retro Bitchface. That's all one word, exactly how it sounds. And I'm on Twitter, Zach Cherry 8. Sometimes I make Mm -hmm. fun memes and shit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um... Do you do you know what's going on next week on on the regular okay. cherry picker? Is it is it the one where yes? Okay, then that's the one we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one where okay, you go to you know say like uh, uh, an eatery or a restaurant and you order off the menu. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> The menu! The menu! I still haven't seen it, so I'm really looking forward oh, to it. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, not at all. Fun. So anyway, that's what's going on next week. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will be right back. <laughs>